Oh, nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Crossroads, the show where we provide you the tools to break boundaries, reach new frontiers, and unlock your greatest life. So today, uh, we have a very special guest. Uh, I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Kai. I'm your co-host. I'm Nico Castro, another co-host. And we have a very special guest today. So uh, we are currently in San Diego in Orbit Vape. And San Diego is a very special place to us since it is where Nico and I were both born and raised. But um, not too long ago, I had been interviewed for my very first podcast ever. It had been about two, three years ago. It was a while back, but that was the very first time I had been interviewed for anything. And that was kind of the start, I guess you could say, um, in a lot of ways for my visceral experience with dealing with the audio world and content world. And the reason that was even possible was because of a good friend of mine that uh, kind of took the leap himself in starting to create his own content and building a brand for not only himself, but the breaking community and for a community of people that we share in common. And today we have him on. His name is Luis. Prado, a.k.a. B-Boy El Pride. Dude, welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem, dude. Before you even continue talking, I'm just going to jump in right there. All right. Uh, just to <laughs> amplify Kai's comment on how he, uh, his first podcast was on yours, or podcast feature. Uh, the second podcast feature I was ever on was yours, too. So I'm very grateful. I'm so grateful I, that I you're here. I man. was due to come on this one. Just for the full, like, three-headed collab, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I yeah, know. This is a long time coming. And I think this might be, like, episode 30 or something. So, you got Dude. that big 3-0, man. Yeah. Well, also, just a quick side note. It's funny that you mentioned that because you hopped on the podcast as the second episode ever. Back when I was using a $17 Amazon mic. So, I, I apologize. That. And I feel like we need to re-record everything. <laughs> Don't worry, dude. I feel exactly the same about these first two episodes. Uh, the very first episode I did on this platform, my guest mic was off. Oh. <laughs> so I just <laughs> the audio is all from my microphone. It's really Oh, sad. my goodness. Sorry, Jay. We have to redo your episode, too. But, dude, I understand. And I think a lot of people uh, need to hear that, though. Because no matter where we end up in the next few years, whether it ends up becoming consistent and it actually is something that we, people look up to and they want to say i want to be the next break and g podcast you know there might be someone who wants to do that but they're like i don't know where to start you know this guy's already like 100 episodes in it's like how we look at joe rogan he's like damn that guy there's probably like, someone looking like for looking in. to be the next break and g podcast already exactly right and um they might have that impression that you know, they have to have everything perfect. And if they don't make everything right this first episode, they're going to screw up. It's kind of like any creator, right? Before you create your first shirt, before you create your first poster or release your first song, you always feel like you have to reach this pedestal of perfection before you begin. And the reality is you don't have to. You just start and you just do it. And I think that's something that I admire you a lot for, actually, Luis, because, uh, I mean, it shows in the timeline. Uh, you started podcasting. You're the first person I think I know personally to begin a podcast. And, I mean, that's that's saying something, I think. And also, starting a brand and, conti and consistently creating clothing and merch in different colorways. And um, when I see that, and I compare it to myself, I'm always... I've created one shirt, and I actually have it, had it printed. It was for UCS Break-In. And uh, while you, on the other hand, you probably have dished out uh, well over more shirts than there are in the last few seasons of the year maybe like i don't know how many but you've had multiple lines and i really admire just how consistent and 
headstrong you are about that, about just doing the thing. So I do want to ask you a little bit about that. How how do you feel like you developed um, or adapted or t- took up this uh, tendency to want to, or not want to, but just to do the thing, to execute? Well, <clears throat> Before we slide onto this topic real quick, I just, as you were talking, I realized you're like the greatest example of what the Break New Ground podcast was created for. Because the reason why... I have these guests and the reason why we have uh, the people that we do is because we want to capture their journey before they go on to be big, right? And at the time, I remember when we did this podcast, even though the audio quality was terrible, um, you mentioned that you were looking for your next motive, you know, what you what you were going to do, what you were going to dedicate your time to. And this was before the crossroads. Yep. You were still you were still in school. And you were kind of, I don't want to say lost, but you were looking. You were searching yeah. and you were looking. And now we can go back to that episode and we can catch you in that period of time where you were still trying to figure out what was next. This was like Kai pre-Crossroads and we captured that. We have that time capsule. That's exactly what it's about. That's freaking sick. It's pretty crazy. Because I, I remember I didn't listen. I have listened to it within this year, I think. Really? I really listened to the episode. And I was like, whoa, like this is amazing that we have this you know because yeah. i was in a very like you said every, you, word for word i was in a very different place crossroads was not a thing yet and so i mean i first of all I want to thank you for hosting this platform and giving people like me and like nico and the people who are breaking new ground essentially an opportunity. there we go great plug that was amazing <laughs> <laughs> speaking of plugs i mean that's the reason you're here this whole time right so, yeah yeah i mean uh i think it's about time we've had you on especially because um you don't really realize it, especially because of COVID and everything, and people have got their minds in different places. But even throughout all of this, you're still thinking of ways to kind of spin the game a little bit. Right, that's true. Yeah, I, I mean, um, you, you did the pizza party. You're still yeah. releasing clothing. Uh-huh. And uh, among all of the other events you've thrown, because I feel like in the breaking scene in San Diego, you have you are definitely the most consistent person, like single individual, who throws breaking events. I'm pretty sure. I can't really think of anybody else. Um, at the current moment, it throws as many and with this under the same brand as you. You know, mm-hmm. we have Freestyle yeah. Session, which is, of course, like an apex of breaking the that you look yeah. up to, right? 100%. And now, uh, in your most recent event, which we wanted to, I want to talk about more, oh, which yeah. is coming up, uh, right. you have a very big collaboration coming up with not only Freestyle Session, but also UDEF, Pro Breaking Tour, yeah. and also Stance. That so, is so crazy. You want to tell us a little about what's happening very very soon yes okay um wow it's kind of weird that you like threw everything that i've done out at me and i was kind of surprised even though i did it i was like huh i did <laughs> right. that huh yeah. that's crazy it's, it's weird looking you're I, I i get you i feel you bro. i feel like i don't yeah. take enough time like out of my life to reflect on these things because it's always like the next project you know but speaking of the next project we're doing the up-and-comer seven of smoke 2020 you know uh we've been doing this event for three years this is the third year the first year was great it was kind of one of those things that it popped into my head we we threw the idea on paper and it hit like it was probably one of the most it was one of the most exciting things to do because it featured talent that wasn't exactly like the premier talent in socal these were people that i knew were really good that i felt other people should know that are really good as well Um, And we put them in a specific platform where they are the focus. These up-and-comer breakers are the focus of this event. And we're literally putting them in the main stage, like, where everybody has to watch them 
at this big event. And three things about that happened that I think it was like, you know, everything aligns accordingly. That was the biggest event I had ever thrown with like in-person attendance. We peaked at 150 people. That was Force and Finesse Volume 1. You were a part of that up-and-comer seven. I was part of that up-and-comer seven this month. You've been a part of a lot of my projects. And I think that's like, that goes way back because you and I know each other from high school. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't go to the same high school, but we were in the same uh, region in San Diego. And we still kind of just hold it down for for SoCal. But that's another thing. Um, We can get into that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also that year for the up-and-comer seven of smoke, we had a lot of people come out specifically for that. Um, that's also one of the most exciting things about that event is that people will bring their family, people will bring all of their friends, friends that don't usually come out to events just to support them in this, in this like exhibition type deal that feels like a big deal. And then finally, um, that year we got lucky that we had really good talent that had just come in from out of town. We had AJ Killam, we had Decipher which I think are still really good and they still kind of live up to that up and comer like hype, I guess. And that year I was struggling to find invites because I was also still like not sure what it meant to be an up and comer. Mm -hmm. But then when I saw those two, I was like, all right, they have to be in. Um, Then the next year, which was last year, Mm -hmm. we held the up and comer seven of smoke again um, in coast to coast volume four. And it was big again because a lot of people came out to support, you know, imagine eight invites bringing seven friends each. That's kind of what it feels like, you know. Um, That's why this year it's a little bit weirder because we can't have such a big attendance. Um, But to kind of counterbalance everything, like it's weird because we don't have the same type of energy. We don't have the same attendance numbers, but we have sponsors. Yeah. And that is something that I had like in my five-year plan for break ng that was like year five so the fact that it's here in year three makes me think like okay wow i didn't really i didn't really think this was going to happen anytime soon and especially not the sponsors that we have at first i thought i would get like a hot dog sponsor or something i don't know but we just was like oh okay freestyle session stance udef pro breaking tour like a lot of people dream about this it's remarkable no seriously i remember like not even that long ago just like two or three weeks ago we sat down in this shop yeah and we were talking about the plan originally i'm not sure what your original plan was but you had a budget set it was all out of pocket and you're like um you know i mean it is what it is right and and maybe potentially we might be able to to scrap up a little bit more money uh based on something else We, we weren't sure yet um and i think together we came up with the idea like i'm pretty sure you can look for sponsors right now yeah you know and at first you're like yeah i never really thought about that or like i didn't i hadn't like heavily considered it but let's let's look into it and then like two or three weeks later you come back and you're like dude um i haven't let anybody know this but yeah Yeah. like we have udef pro breaking tour and now even stance and crossroads and everybody and ko goodies everybody the second we talked about that tiana was here yeah. And she heard that. And she's like, can KO Goodies be a sponsor? Mm-hmm. And now you have a venue. Yeah. Right? Oh, so yeah. I think that really speaks to just believing in your project and, like, taking the leap and asking in terms of just kind of putting it out there. But it's not just that. It's also, of course, having a product, having an yeah. event that you want to throw. and that you. But also I think this speaks to how Luis, uh, year one and two of this event, it was purely his own uh, backing. You know, it was paying out of pocket. I remember you telling me that this event was not something that you were making money off of. In a lot of cases, you were losing money. 
And then not to say that you're going to make money off this one, but not. in terms of opportunity <laughs> and value and like platform, all these things have kind of spiked in just one year, right? And I think that can happen to anybody as long as you keep playing your cards, right? as long as you keep playing the game. Well, this, a, you're, you're a prime example of showing what could happen. Here's a quick anecdote, and I feel like people that know me, you know, know this as a fact, but the people that don't, which is probably everybody listening to this podcast, will get a bit of a glimpse into what it's like to run an event, you know? Um, all the events that I've ever run, that I've ever done in my life, except the ones tied to SDSU, I've funded out of pocket myself. And, like, the funny thing is, like, every time I tell someone that, they're like, wow, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You need to look for sponsors. You need to do this. You need to do that. But then I was always very hesitant because I really like having full creative control of all my mm. projects. And I don't like handing it. I don't want to give anybody any control because then it's not my vision anymore. So I was like, if that means having to do, like, odd jobs and this, 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 and that so that I can fund this event and be fully, like, fully confident that the product is my product and it was my vision that I had from the jump, then I'll do that any day. And going into this event, I had the same mentality. That's why when I came into the shop and we had that meeting, you know, I had that budget mm. and that's typically how it goes. You know, I, I set out a budget and I'm like, okay, this is the ideal numbers. I have like some sort of flexible, like maybe an extra hundred or 200, but this time around I was very like, oof, you know, it's COVID. It's about to be uh, the holiday season. The budget was pretty steep, and I mean, for anybody, even though it's considerably not as, um, not as high as it would be for like a high budget event, like the typical UDEF event, I'm mm -hmm. sure has a bigger budget than this. Um, and then when you mentioned sponsors, this was the first time that I was like, okay, this event would be the event that makes the most sense to have sponsors because it's going to be online. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for like logos, product placement, yada, yada, yada. And um, after you did that, I was like, well, after you told me, that I should get sponsors, I thought, well, why not just go big or go home? You know, like, what are the biggest sponsors I can think of? Freestyle Session, UDEF Pro Breaking Tour, Stance. At first, I literally was like, okay, Stance is a maybe. Freestyle Session, like, I know Cross One. I've had him on the podcast. This is the one where I can for sure make it happen. Long story short, I pitched it to Cross in, like, a three-page message on Facebook with a PDF attached, with a budget breakdown, with, like, all this, this, and that. And he responds with like three words. He's like, yeah, I'm down. And I'm like, oh, all right. Well, that was crazy. Um, oh, yeah. And then he told me what he was going to pitch in, uh, which is great, by the way. Like he's pitching in money and gear for every invite. Shout Two shirts Cross. and a hat. So you, shout Cross. out to Cross One. You know, yes, he's, really, he's really hooking us up. But this is the crazy part. And this is where I think it gets like all super surreal, super fast. He went ahead and pitched it to UDEF on my behalf. And I didn't know that. I didn't ask him to do that. UDEF was not even on my radar because I had heard that like funding with them was a little bit interesting and like yada yada yada. And then he like lets me know that they were down. And then he puts me in contact with John Jay, which Nico, you have close ties to John Jay. You work with him. Um, and then I spoke to John Jay on the phone and I was expecting part of the budget to be covered. But at the end of the day, I was like, okay, I'm going to stuff to put in this amount, right? When we were talking on the phone and he gave me the number that they were going to give me to fund this event, I straight up like I teared up. And this is one of those things where it's like it's a it's a real situation because for five years I have funded every event out of my pocket. And it's been one of those things where it's like it's always a stressor to be like, OK, I'm going to need this amount of money. What odd jobs can I do? Where can I pull from? Like, how are my savings looking right now? Can I pull this out of here? This is the first time that I've never had to worry about the budget. Like, not at all. 
it's fully covered. I can just execute without having that extra additional stressor on the back end. And like, I, I released a tier because it's like five years of hard work, funding each event, stressing. Literally, like, there are days where I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to eat today because I need to pay my judges tomorrow. That's fine. And then I'm like, you know what? It paid off. It was worth it. People believe in my product. Uh, Cross has never been to my event in person, to my events in person, but he believes in it. Is and he going to be at this one? Yes, awesome. he is. Cool. Um, and then we have other sponsors, and I'm just going to plug them real quick because this is the time. We have the Crossroads. I'm here right now plugging this event. Here. We have KO Goodies. They're providing the venue. We have Break Connect, which is a new breaking platform for B-boys and event hosters alike. Um, I, I would love to go deeper into that, but I'm not sure what I'm allowed to say. We will. It's a newer I think we're going to have Felix on. Yeah, point, it's, so a, it's, a newer, yeah. it's a newer product, but yeah. stay tuned. Um, we have UDEF Pro Breaking Tour. We have Freestyle Session. And we also have Offset Med with their collaborations helping us stay safe during this COVID pandemic period in time. Uh, but yes, anyway, the funding came fully from external sources and it was crazy because like I was like watching myself and I had, it was one tier. It was, I wasn't bawling, but it was like one tier and I was Single like, damn, tier. this is crazy. <laughs> and then I got off the phone with him and then I just kind of sat in my car and I was like, this is it. Like everything has paid off and it has come to this point where I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. And this project is going to be the best project I've ever put out because now I don't have to worry about money. We're just going to make it happen on our end. And yeah, it's going to be the best project, period. That's it. 100%. And that's the end of the podcast. Yeah. I'm going to drop this mic. It's expensive, but I'm going to drop it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. I am very immensely happy for you. Nico's part of this project too. So he's a big part of Well, this This is the KO Goodies man. Half of the yeah. yeah, half of the organization. And not only that, he's also he's judging it. He's judging it too. Um, th- this is the part where like everything kind of ties full circle, because I've had Nico judge stuff for me in the past. You judge top sixteen of quarantine. Yeah, you yeah. Did. In March. <laughs> Which, by the Yo. way, I have seen so many online competitions. Right. Yeah. None of them have the level of production. I mean. Besides the ones that have like big funding behind it, like Red Bull, you know, but none of them have had the level of production yeah, on and engagement that Top 16 of Quarantine had. And the name is catchy. I could yeah. always bring it back. I We're going to be in a pandemic for years. So. <laughs> please don't please don't say that. Um, I'll get on wood now. But that is something I wanted to touch on because I'm glad you mentioned that. I think something that I admire about the way you execute and build Break and G a This lot dude's adaptive. Is he's adaptive and he continues to experiment and play with not only the types of marketing you're doing, but also just like the way and the amount and the volume and consistency that you're, you're putting it out at. If you take a look at break and G and what it is, I feel like you're really, you've really dialed in and you've really continued to experiment with the way that you want to spread the word. Really, really um, that even speaks to the seven smoke, because when you think about everything that, you, that I've seen, at least um, online, and that I know the name of in the break scene. And maybe, I'm not sure if uh, Nico can add to this, but your up and cover seven to smoke, the concept of it, it stands out for sure. Um, even being only three years in, uh, I think what you've really done here is you haven't really just tried to enter the rat race and throw a jam that becomes like the best jam ever. Because there are a lot of great jams out there. A lot of good, mm. oh, yeah. there are also a lot of good jams out there. And there are also a lot of, Okay, jams, jams, just jams, like no, no adjective. We'll leave it at that. Um, And 
while that's really helpful for the community, as long as there's everyone putting in some sort of effort, um, I think what happens there is if anyone's trying to, if anyone, anyone is trying to grow, um, in that sense, they are competing against a bunch of other things. But what you've done with this concept is you kind of created your own category. And that's actually a really big, important thing for people who are trying to build something that's their own. Yes. Can I add to that? Yes, please. Uh, some additional footnotes. If you are a non-breaker or a non-dancer and you're hearing terms like seven to smoke, it is another format of competition in the competitive circuit of breaking. This also applies to other styles of hip hop dance. And in this concept, it's not like a traditional tournament where it either goes from top 32 or the top 16 and they battle it out or compete against each other until they make it to the top four and they make it to the finals, the top two. Um, in this format, it's more so a queen slash king of the hill battle. In this case, we're calling it a seven to smoke. But in this format of eight individual competitors, sometimes they even have crew seven to smokes and those look really cool. Um, these two competitors, they go head on head, head on head, head to head, and then um, they go head to head. No, fuck it. They go head, head on, on head. head. Yeah. Head on head. Just like head bumping each other. This is the crossroads where we break boundaries. And then boundaries. sometimes like when they go like head bump, one nose will get into someone's like in between right here on the eye and yeah, it's, it's like really a little graphic. too oily. Yeah, it's, like, it's anyways, a weird format. Why do we do that? I don't know. <laughs> anyways, a seven to smoke. You have eight competitors. Uh, if you win that one round against the other, the loser goes to the end of the line. And then the first person who acquires a total of seven wins out of the eight people there, then they have technically smoked eight people. They mm. don't have to do it consecutively, but it's a really, really fun and exhausting format. Oh, yeah. It's very challenging. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, your style and your level of endurance has to be very, very specific. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is crap i forgot what we were talking about we were talking about no uh before that the thing i was going to add on to of what you were talking about he was talking about uh, the events that i throw kind of standing out in the sea of other yes. events okay thank you very yes. much yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. okay so My bad, uh <laughs> back on topic i to that point i think it's extremely important and i think it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people during this period of breaking um, mainly because, as Kai mentioned, you created a category or you're really emphasizing a category. And although every single year of A Breaker's Life, now that I've been in it 12 years now, every year is really important. But there's just something about that up and coming, that in between three to six years of breaking, where it's like your name's not known yet, mm -hmm. especially in this competitive industry. And if you want work opportunities, your name hasn't been circulated around enough to get you the big gigs or to get you the big invite. So a moment like this is really, really important. And to have a highlighted period or category of time where like you can succeed or you can get second or you can have a crazy round, like that's going to mean a lot to these people. And I think at the end of the day, if someone's going to leave inspired, it's for sure going to be the competitors and everyone else that supports that one person. So, yeah, yes. I'm glad you're like this is this is a really good period of time. I know you have like you were conceptualizing the up and comers, the here and now, and then there's one before all of those, right? Yeah, so the plan this this version of the Seven of Smoke is kind of a hamster, like it's an experiment because the plan ooh, I get to talk about my plans. The plan is that um 
up and comer will be its own event in the future. So the way I operate, like I have lines of events. So like I have force and finesse, I have coast to coast, I have up and comer. I did battle at the bull for a while. Like I've done it in such a way where each event has a different feel. Each event has a different aesthetic. Each event will be its own different experience. I feel like people just think of jams and they're like, it's a jam. I'm going to show up. I'm going to battle and I'm going to go home, which is fine. That there is a place for each type of jam in this community. But I feel like the more that people hone in on what it means to throw an event and how an event should feel, the better quality you'll feel when you're actually there. Like, I feel like the events that stand the test of time are the events that have been set, like, that have been uh, sharpened and, like, forged through the flames over time and that have, like, been experimented with. Like, freestyle session was not your typical, like, hunky-dinky, like, type of park jam, you know? Like, freestyle session was something that Cross was passionate about. He continued to adapt to it. It's not that it wasn't the same format every year. And people believed in it. That's also the thing. Like, if people believe in what you do, you can do anything. Like, honestly, because if people if people don't believe in what you do, you'll know and you'll feel it. And that's when you want to change lanes. Right. But the second that you feel that you have support from the community, support from your family, support from your friends, you can literally do anything. And that's why, like, that's why I tell everybody, like, BreakNG would not really be here if it wasn't for the people. Because if I just started putting out shirts, nobody bought them. If I started putting out podcasts, nobody listened. Why would I continue, you know? Like, there is that that idea where it's like, oh, like, regardless of the reception, you should always do it. And I agree. But you're more inspired. Your passion is, like, reinforced. And everything has, like a, like, a payoff when there's people that back what you're doing. And that people, when people back what you're doing, when people are looking forward to the next thing, it's that thing where it, like, naturally fuels the fire. When someone's like, dude, I can't wait to go to your next event. I'm like, okay, well now I didn't even think about the next event, but now there's going to be one because someone is looking forward to it. And uh, it happens with the podcast, happens with the clothing. Like honestly, clothing wasn't even supposed to be a thing. Like it was just like I printed a hoodie for myself and people were like, oh, when is it dropping? I'm like, pardon? Really? That's awesome. And uh, anyway, just to not stray too far away from it. Um, yes, up and come will be at something, but then here and now. So Break and G right now is kind of like a local thing. People know it in SoCal. You know, L.A. area, uh, Orange County, San Diego. Some people know it in NorCal now that I've been kind of traveling up a little bit. You know, you have your random areas like Boston might have heard of it because it was on a flyer at some point. Um, I kind of spread it in Florida, like slowly doing my best. Right. But it's not at a national level. That's kind of what this is for. So now that we're on stance, now we have freestyle session, yada, yada, yada. We can push it out to different areas so that in the future we can get breakers that are actually like up here this is audio i don't nobody was able to see that i put my arm <laughs> in the high. air yeah he's a, he's a very tall person so. it's high um yeah. we can get people like zeku get people like ives get people like nico to compete in a seven of smoke that would appeal more to the broader audience but in order to do that you got to have a resume of events where people can be like oh like he's legit you know what i'm saying if i was just some random with an idea and i was like hey zeku you want to come battle and he'd be like what is this all about but if he like looks it up hmm Seven to smoke, break NG. Oh, you, you see, it's like that I've been doing this. That naturally, the next progression would be to bring next level talent. But the up and comer concept will never leave because that is exactly everything that I'm passionate about. That's what break NG stands for. Yeah. We're here to capture the up and comer. And uh, even when we do have the here and now seven to smoke, it's not going to be the main event. 
like it's going to be the side event regardless of who's on board as a talent you know we can have hong ten there he's going to be the side event because we're focused on the up and comer and it'll always be that way the day that i stop doing that then i've lost track of the mission lost track of the vision and it's not going to be breaking anymore hey that's cool man i i think that's um really really important and that's why it that's why it exists right and that's why i think it resonates so strongly with everybody is because it's like nico mentioned everybody is kind of they are a cognizant of this zone in breaking and not just breaking but i think in any type of like uh media whether it's rapping right and you got the xxl preference cypher right Ooh, i love and that so, yes um anybody who for even even though these rappers might only be like on the tip of the iceberg in terms of like being known everybody knows what the xxl freshman cypher is because yes. people want to know who is literally breaking through yeah so who's up next yeah right yeah. exactly so yeah. that's that's exactly what you're doing here and i think that's dude yes very, very important. that was the blueprint and that's because i've been a, a huge fan of of you know the xxl cypher for such a long time and then i was like why is it so appealing why do i keep coming back and it was like, because I'm looking for the next artist to update my playlist. I'm looking for like, who's popping right now? Because essentially, when you're, when you're talking about music, when you're talking about, you know, passing the ox, you want to be on top of everything, right? So I was look, watching these ciphers and I was like, this is why I keep coming back. Even if the comments say, oh, this person should have been on last year. Like, you know what I mean? Like people still come back and watch. Yeah, you come back for do. the cipher, you come back for the interview, yada, 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 whoop, do a poop. But for the up and comer seven to smoke, it's essentially the same thing. Like, I want people to look forward every year and be like, oh, like, I've seen Joe mm -hmm. Schmo kill it this year, and he's been training low-key. I want to see if he's going to make it to the up-and-comer list. And each year, we do, like, a reveal process so that there's a little bit of hype. I'm not just throwing every name at you. Like, everybody gets their moment. Yes. So, like, you know, one day you'll – we'll just refer to the people that were here this year. One day you'll get J-Tunes. All of J-Tunes' family is going to see that post. All of his friends are going to see They're going to support him. And he gets that day to be like, yeah, I'm an invite today. And you're going to see what I'm about. But also, at a national level, nobody really knows who J-Tunes is. Not to, like, talk bad on him yeah, or anything. Right. This is, what, this is where the next part comes in. That's why we're doing everything the way we're doing this year, where we're going to interview him. And people get to know him before they get to see the battle. Why would you invest in J-Tunes if you don't know him in terms of, like, skill? Mm -hmm. And that's also something that's missing in the breaking world. We have no narratives. Everything is just, like... We're battling and that's it. I'm going to hug you at the end, even though I just talk smack to you like this. I think people are more invested when there's a story there. Oh, so that's why okay. people like Robin, because Robin, he's a type to just talk smack and he won't care. Like he'll literally talk to anybody and everybody. And people will always tune into his battles, not because he's like the most impressive B-boy. But he'll create drama. Because he'll create drama. He'll create a moment. And to be honest, I love that. Some of the people that come out to like local jams and you're like oh as soon as you see them someone's getting called out something's happening people are going to go to that cypher for what not because they want to dance with this person but they want to see what they're about 100 we need more of that in i'm gonna jump in now because I, i'm so happy that you brought that up and i think that's something that um i see you being very cognizant and also aware of and trying to implement that into your projects um and i want to ask you what inspirations you take that from because i know and we've talked about uh Lots of things that I think a lot of people are going to relate to in terms of looking up to why it's important to have a narrative and why it's important to um, build up a character and have people relate to them and also go through the rough with them. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I want to let you bring that up because I know there's a few inspirations, some some being um, 
in the graphic world and some being on televised world. So yes. please talk, d- d- dive into that a little bit and oh, tell us how you've dude, been implementing those inspirations into your own projects. So I've always been a fan of WWE. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, I'm just going to say it right here and, you know, to the public, to the masses. WWE was the blueprint for everything that I have done. They're wrestlers, but people don't tune into WWE necessarily for the great wrestling, even though there are some really great matches. The reason why they tune in is because there's a story being built up between two characters. You know, you have your John Cena's and you have your, I don't know if anybody's listening that knows WWE, but you have your, you know, Big Show, you have your Undertaker and all of these characters are their own person, but it's because of the stories that have been told through their appearances, right? And when they feud with someone else, they literally spend weeks of buildup to get to one big match, right? So, for example, like, oh, we're getting nerdy here. Uh, like John Please. Cena, one of the biggest storylines on his way out, because he's not as active anymore, was that he was essentially, like, the biggest face of the company. But naturally, he's getting older. He's trying to transition out to Hollywood. So one of the storylines was, like, oh, uh, he's becoming, like, The Rock. So they had that big great match i forgot which wrestlemania it was but basically the match was like john cena calling rock a hypocrite yeah Yeah, and then like it was like the greatest match or whatever yeah yeah, whatever (laughs) but people invested because of the i think they built that story up for a year that's why it was like one of the biggest wrestlemania matches but anyways um it happened that's that's wwe in a nutshell like people there's a character that character starts feuding with another character the story builds up through different ways sometimes it's really weird like the way they go creatively but Eventually, there's a payoff, and then they'd start again with another character. Um, And I thought, people keep tuning in because the stories are engaging, but also because it's not just wrestling. It's like people are tuning in for the story, and then the wrestling is a side thing. I love breaking. I've been breaking for such a long time at this point that I'm always kind of looking for ways to keep it fresh. And one of those ways is to create storylines in these events. So, like... I love, I love jams. I love going to jams, but at some point it does feel like everything is one big jam. Like you go to one and it's like a competition. There's going to be a DJ. There's going to be ciphers, yada, yada, yada. It feels a little bit like Groundhog Day. Yes. Few events have this aura to them where it's like, ooh, what's going to happen? Like how, how do things play out? One of the ones that I'm thinking of immediately off the top of my head that has like a very interesting format, but I love it all the same is Breakopoly. Uh, they mold it after Monopoly, and there's like pieces that you get when you win. What? Yeah. See what I'm this. saying? As soon as you heard about yeah. it, your eyes lit up, and you're like, now nah, I'm going to look yeah, into interesting. it. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, Breakopoly, the 1v1 that happens in Florida. That's Which probably every, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or there's that one in Europe where they do like the king, queen, and the pawn That's stuff. what I'm thinking you of. You know what I'm oh, saying? Like, yeah. events that have a theme, events that have, that create their own narrative within the context of their format, those are events that get remembered. Not that the events that are just battles won't get remembered, but when it just is a standard competition, you're really depending on the competitors and the battles that are set up to carry the hype of your event. It's and pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I don't want that to be the case for my events because I don't know who's going to show up the day of. If I just get, like, Joe Schmo and Sally Wally to come out... <laughs> And they're, hey, they're Sally Wally's pretty good. Yeah, Sally Wally's, honestly, <laughs> shout out to Sally Wally. She's killing it right now. Um, but I don't want to depend on the battle and what they put out for my event to be remembered. I want the format to be crazy. And I have a lot of ideas. I'm not going to spoil them because I don't want anybody to take them from me. But, um, for example, Coast to Coast had the point system. Right. Which, honestly, we will revisit at some point in the future because it's such a good concept. Um, 
But it, it had you rooting for Sally in top 16 because regardless of what happens, whether she passes or not, now she has points. And now people look forward to the leaderboard coming out on Sunday right. or whatever. Yeah. I had a good time um, making a video of that. Yes. Right? That was a good job on that. Dude, you. that video was yeah. amazing. It was, it was very experimental, but it gave me an opportunity to kind of add a new dynamic to like the, the storytelling style. And that was all due to the way you formatted the, the event. And I think that's really cool because... I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the experimentation with formatting for battles because as of now we have a very conventional style. Yes. Um, and it's very straightforward, right? It's like three rounds and then you a judge votes at the end, and that's the way it is. It's a convention, right? But that doesn't mean it's the right or wrong way to do things. Right. Breaking is still very experimental in terms of mm -hmm. throwing. In. There's no rules. No one's gonna call you out and say. And this is I think this is true for many genres. You know, whether it be music, or dance, or filmmaking. You know, like we there are conventions and there are cliches that work right and there's nothing wrong with them but if you feel like you want to experiment and put and change the game a little bit in order to allow the participants to kind of spice it up right like in, in, in any narrative if a narrative has a twist to it and you think it through and you are going at it with the best intention then i think there's a lot of potential there because the thing i think about um it's very similar to what you're talking about in terms of allowing the game to kind of shape the narrative in, yeah um style elements mm -hmm. um and the, I, I don't know if they do this every year but they do last man standing right yeah Where it's a 3v3 that's and the, the traditional format yeah, yeah. instead of instead of just everyone going round and judges vote at the end each round they go um one person goes and another person goes and the judges will vote after the round whoever wins the round survives and mm -hmm. the other person it gets eliminated so it's kind of like this death match yep. right and it becomes very um what's the word it's, it's riveting to watch because i remember there's a specifically a battle with rocks right in it yeah it was renegades versus monster i think you can watch yeah. it on youtube even if you're not a breaker i would highly recommend you to watch this because i yeah. think it will capture your attention um because oh. it it's three versus three and it ends up being rocks right at the end yes and he is he's literally the last man standing against the entire team so he has to basically figure out how he's gonna do it and i won't spoil it but yeah go ahead and watch it and it's it's events like those with your formats that can really just change the tide and draw people in you know what i'm talking about right? 2014 yes, style please, elements yes. anniversary this is the nick of bat story yep dude he yeah. solidified his goat status with this but through oh, that jam yeah that's right you showed me that too yeah he like 1v3'd everybody like, crazy the entire tournament and he, and he made it to the finals it. yeah by himself like no yeah. offense to his crewmates but they were just getting eliminated yeah. like bouncing bouncing and then he would have to 1v3 every battle and regardless of like whether he won or lost he 1v3'd some big names dude and it was like He's untouchable at that point. Right. And it's the craziest part, no, I don't think people really remember it. It's like one of those things where, because he's not very active anymore. He's a hidden gem. He's a hidden gem, yeah. I don't know. I beg to differ because we're, it's been six years and we're talking about it right now. Well, that's and just because I'm the right? biggest Nick Bat fan of all time. <laughs> well, he, was, he, was, <laughs> he was one of my crewmates, so it was like... I know, but... Um, I'm a little biased. <laughs> okay, but no, I, I, think, I think people will understand what you're talking about because people yes. who were there yes, who and yes. that battle will remember. Um, yeah, and freaking also... Crazy. As of now, uh, every time you want to share with me like the story of, of a battle or something, we play the battle and you kind of verbally communicate to me what happened before, during, and after. Because not the battle doesn't pick up everything. It's very helpful in terms of piecing the narrative together. But um, in the events that have a structure like this, anybody can watch and be like, wow, like I can see what's happening. Um, as opposed to waiting till the end, like, and they call it and they're like, why did they win again? Like, right. I thought that guy should have won. You know, like, every single person who doesn't know breaking, you will, will say that at some point. Even people who know breaking, 
They'll be like, I didn't agree with that. Mm-hmm. But if there is like a clear um, line that you can draw, mm-hmm. then I think that that helps a lot. And I, um, I, I hope this isn't getting too technical for non-breaking listeners out there. But for anybody out there who is trying to throw an event or build a game or you know, create a structure. I think this is a lot of things you can take into account. You know, you don't have to follow the convention. You don't have to follow what um, everybody else is doing. There is room, especially when you're at zero, mm-hmm. when you have little to nothing to lose because people who have been throwing these events for a long time, now they have something They have something on the line. They have a reputation, they have a name, um, but as long as you are willing to take those risks, then I think you have much higher yield to find a hidden gem. Like we're talking yeah. about, right? And I've been inspired by a lot of events. Um, just naturally watching them and it also comes to that point where you know i only started doing events was the the big reason why was because i was so upset with the way they were being thrown here in san diego i think what had happened was like i competed in this was back in high school which i I wasn't the best b-boy not that i'm the best b-boy now but i was not as good back then and um i had lost and i and i was like ranting to someone like oh dude this sucks like all the judges are basically like the, the host's best friends, whatever. Like, that judge wasn't even on the flyer. Like, how does he just show up today and start judging, you know? And then someone was like, well, how are you going to complain about a jam when you've never thrown one? And I was like... Bet. I bet. <laughs> no, literally. I was like, you're right. I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep I'm gonna keep it quiet, and then I'll see what's up. I'll see what the hubbub is all about. And uh, I did. And I realized where a lot of the struggles come from. But then I also realized, like, now that I've hosted, I think, like, 15 events something like that kind of crazy um you can tell which events have had the like thought process the maybe the money the heart basically behind it even if it's not executed as like the best way possible or with the best outcome you can tell which ones have had that like love and care to it you can also tell which ones are like rinky dink like run of the mill like i just came up with this yesterday i'm gonna get my best friends to judge this jam and not that, like I said, not that it's a bad thing. There's a place for every jam here and there. But I love San Diego. I love the community. Without the hip-hop community, I would not be who I am today. So I want to make sure that while I'm around, I can take care of it to the best of my ability. And that's why I was like, dude, we're the next up. Like, you and I and Nico, like, we're, I don't want to, like, toot or horn too much. But we're, like, essentially trailblazers for San Diego. We're setting examples for the ones that are coming up. But we're also putting it on the map at a bigger scale. Like people outside of San Diego know who we are, know what we're doing. And that's because we all have the same inspiration. We all love our community. We're all giving back to the same way because we don't want to see it fail. Like there's a lot of communities that look at San Diego and they're like, dude, this is so amazing. You have a jam every weekend. We have to like make an occasion for the one jam that we have every quarter of the year. Shout out to Oklahoma or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's true. Like people in Oklahoma or whatever, I don't know, North Dakota. I'm sure they have like yeah. one jam every five months, and then for some reason, the best guy from Denver shows up because he knows that he can win that jam, and that's not fun. Where in San Diego we have maybe four jams a month, and some could say that that's too much, but that's a different story. Where we have different talent. Like one day, sure, we could have the best guy in Denver. But he can come in and a lot of us would be like, he's probably going to maybe reach top four. He won't win, though. Like, we have that much talent. We just have such a beautiful community. It's so important to take care of it. And at some point, I'm going to be gone. Like, I'm not going to throw events in my 60s. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we don't know <laughs> um, yet. <laughs> think about that for a second. Yeah, but assuming that I don't, 
I want someone else to take over and I want to I want to attend a jam in my 60s where I'm like, oh, I should have thought of this concept. This is great. And do it. Yeah. Yo, I think this goes into a big a big question of why is it so important for us? Why do we have this urge or why do we feel this burden of responsibility to take care of our community? Like I often think about that and it's like after going to jams for over 12 years and all the times that I've thrown all my money or thrown all of my energy and trained as hard as I could to not pass prelims or trained as hard as I could and put like my entire teenage years, like my entire teenage years into this lifestyle and then having someone online tell me I'm a biter mm-hmm. or having someone tell me online that I have no artistic integrity. Yeah, right? Or it's like you want to care for so many people and you want to care so much for this culture, but then people try sneaking into your jam when it's all out of your pocket. But why do we still have this huge urge to want to take care of it still? That's a deep question. I think at the end of the day, though, like all the having a few bad seeds does not account for all the good that has come out of the community. And like even the bad seeds have a little bit of good. Like they. Honestly, I've had it where some people that are maybe like not the cleanest records of all time, you know, uh, they're like, yo, can I just get in? I'm like, you know what, dude, go for it. Because to me, it's like you want to show up to a jam, you want to support the community. Even if you're just there to vibe or there to just compete, whatever, like you're a piece of the puzzle. Like having you there, I'd rather have you there than not have you there, to yeah. be honest. So, um, and I think it's come to the point where people respect what I do to the point where there have been very few shenanigans at my jams because they, this is also another thing. I think people know, like people know me personally. I'm mm-hmm. not just like a, like a face or just like a logo. I'm someone that I, I try to talk to everybody that comes through the door. Yeah. I try to like really connect with people because that's kind of how people keep coming back. Right. It's like if they try to sneak into Luis's jam, it's not like they're sneaking into target. Right. It's yeah. like, Yo, I'm actually taking away from some of Luis's production pot. Right. That's exactly. pretty messed up, man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy, please. But even if you are that guy, just know that you'll have a place at my jam. And yeah. um, I would never like turn anybody away. If anything, like it's happened maybe too often where people show up and be like, yo, can I just get in? And I have to look at you like up and down, smell you a little bit, ponder it in my head, maybe like chew it over a Twix. But I'll let you in. Just make sure you put the toilet seat down and wash your hands, please. Just, like, make sure you don't, like, call me out or something. Like, for people have, like... That would be insane. People are so weird. I've I've been called out at one of my jams before. It's like, why are you... I let you in. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) This is not part of the deal. Um, So that's that's where I think um, I, I admire your inclination to be kind as much as you can to people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think that's a great way to approach it and to be optimistic about every situation in terms of even if you get a bad egg or even if something goes wrong, there's a lesson to be learned there. I remember yeah. Cross mentioned that when he was coming up because there's always, like, I mean, every single event, he learns something, you know, whether it goes good or whether it goes bad. He takes it as what it is and he kind of puts his ego aside and it's like, okay, like, um, that's what people said, so we'll, we'll do it. Like the the the, the flooring that of is freestyle the exact, session. <laughs> we, we brought that up. We brought yeah, that up. During with that, the and he even mentioned, it's like, okay, it was out of maybe, control. Maybe there is some truth to that, right? Maybe there is some truth to that complaint. 
whatever the feedback he's getting. And then I think that puts us in a position of, all right, if I don't mesh well with this person, like, what can I learn from you? Like, what, what am I going to learn from this situation? What's making me uncomfortable? Um, but yeah, I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's the same. Right. So and it's, it's basically um, he decided to take it for what it is. And whether, whoever said it, right? And he'll learn the lesson. And specifically speaking on people who maybe continue to exploit your kindness or your generosity or um, your efforts, you know, you, you learn a lesson from that, right? Whether you get scammed online by somebody or you um, your trust is broken because, you know, maybe you get cheated on, whether it be like a partner or mm-hmm. a good friend. Um, but take it as a lesson, right? And move forward with that, with, with or without them. Um, so that it better is not only yourself, but everybody else who is rooting for you and doing you well, right? Don't, don't, don't allow, I guess, the wrongs of people to continue to leech off you and just take it forward, right? <coughs> so, I and I mean, ultimately, like, I feel that the progression of Break NG will come to the point where, like, people will want to come out and support not only to see what's what, what's popping, but also because, like, I think hopefully in the near future, we'll be at a point where we will be, like, in the same breath as some of the big jams that you think of when you think of, like, big jams, you know? I'm not saying we're going to be the next freestyle session because I don't want to be the next anything, but I definitely feel like at one point in this life, I'll be like, you know what? A lot of b-boys around the country are looking forward to the next jam. Not just San Diego, not just LA, but around the country. And that's just, that's like the next long-term goal that I have. Because it was like, get sponsors, get big. Time capsule. Right, there time capsule. And now we have sponsors. So now let's get big. And um, I don't know how that's going to happen. I never know. I never know how it's going to happen. And honestly, a lot of people talk about having a five-year plan dude, I don't have a two hour plan. Like I literally wake up one day and I have this idea like coast to coast point system. All right, let's flesh it out. So I'll, I'll from 1am to like 3.30am, I will literally like open up a word document and just type no structure, no nothing. And then once it all comes out, it's all just like vomit. It's all like idea vomit. You right. Know? So in the initial phase, there's no plan. <laughs> yeah. There's honestly like, I, I wish I had this sense of like, creative integrity where i could be like yeah so it happens like this and this is my process my process is all just based on inspiration in the moment the muse that's why break ng's one of break ng's like main logos is lightning bolts because it right it's a strike of lightning right and when it hits it hits and you have to capture it in the moment or else it's going to leave it's a it's a fleeting thing you know shout out to fleets on twitter um (laughs) um yeah twitter has stories now they're called fleets what a weird thing I didn't what know a that. weird thing uh, of um, course they do anyways it's it only took you three years twitter yeah it's I'm a strike of lightning <laughs> and it comes from that saying <laughs> you caught lightning in a bottle mm. it's very rare but when it happens it's gold and you want to treasure it right so that's what it is for me like one day i'll literally be walking down the street boom and i'm like okay drop everything i'm doing i'm going to work but i don't care i have to just pull out my phone right now and start writing notes and it just happens like that. And some days it's a good idea. Some days it's not a good idea. And it'll you'll only really know with time and like execution. 100%. Yeah. I thought the pizza party was going to be a bad idea. Dude, that was fire. That was an awesome day. Dude, I, I was like, who's going to show up for pizza? Like pizza party? What are During we a have? pandemic. Dude. Right. Also, wait, yeah. I'm so sorry. There was so many people that day. I tried my best, but you know. No, dude, it was, 
It was good. You sold out on everything. Yeah, that was weird. That was yeah. crazy. Oh, did you really? I did. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Okay, so um, I did want to touch on. Um, give me a moment. Okay, I'm gonna cut you for Thanks. like cut you. Um, at that pizza party, uh, I had a strike of inspiration, or I felt inspired. Um, it was right before you sold out, and just seeing, I guess, the peak of the pizza party, being like, damn, this is mid, mid virus, and like, like Luis is doing it. This is sick. Yeah, if he can do it now, then I can only imagine when. If the industry opens up, no, the industry is open right now. Yeah, the industry is moving. It's yeah, going. It's People moving. are working. It's definitely moving. So yeah, we're in purple tier, twenty-five percent. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Um, yeah, but he's doing this it. is the crazy part. Like that pizza party again. Moment of inspiration, and it was a quirky idea. I wouldn't say it was like the best idea, but it was like it was essentially a pop-up. That's what it, it was. Did it? Did it was the a job? Pop-up shop. But the big takeaway was you get free pizza. You can just pull up, not buy anything. I honestly don't care. Just come eat this pizza because I don't want leftovers. And that's what some people did. But I think it was like, I'm not the best businessman. You know, I've, I can honestly say I've probably made some of the worst business deals. Shout out to Donald Trump. Um, uh, but yeah, speaking across one made me realize that because like I, I list, I've had him on the podcast, but also we spoke very candidly off air and, um, that man is like really smart. He's intelligent. He knows what he's doing financially, but also like creatively he's got, he's got his stuff lined up, you know? And then I was like, wow, like I just realized I think of break and G and all these things, not in the business mindset, but really like, how can we optimize it? How can we make it in such a way where it's so accessible that everybody can be a part of it? Mm-hmm. And like, maybe it's dumb. Maybe it's not like the greatest idea. Some people look at my numbers and be like, buddy you're not really making very much off of this but i don't want to like i have a job i have two jobs actually break and g is not money to me break and g is a passion project so it's important to always treat it that way that's why like the clothing is cheap like i'm sure i'm probably selling stuff that's cheaper than target which is fine honestly i really like like i said it, i don't care it's clothing to me i don't i don't want people to refer to break and g as a clothing brand because it's not it's like if Kid Cudi releases a shirt, is he a clothing brand? No, he's an artist that has merch. That's what I want people to think of Break and G as because then you start putting me in a box with people like that actually do this, that are actually like out here focused on like thread counts, focused on like fits, focused on like cuts and all that, which is fine, but that's not what I do. I don't really like, I don't break down clothing to a science and I don't want to disrespect those that do by saying that I'm a clothing brand. And I just want to put that on air because a lot of people are like, dude, I love your brand, your clothing brand. I'm like, wait, stop, 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 stop. Let's take two steps back. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, I mean. Because it it's, it's merch. It's it is, merch. Yeah. It's, it's an easy way for people to purchase and put a little bit of money towards the next big project. That's typically why I align my drops with a project. So, like, the pizza party had weird funding, but it all essentially got covered because I had a photographer that night. I had a DJ. And I, ga- I literally, whatever we made and we sold out, like I split it into three. I was like, this is going to cover the pizza on my end, but this is for you. Thank you for your photos. This is for you. Thank you for the vibes. That's it. And that's like, that's really what it is. You, you buy Break NG. It's not, I'm not going out and buying like a Gucci belt. No, I'm literally putting it in other artists' pockets. You're feeding the cycle. Um, that's also like the biggest pitch that I have for buying clothing. I understand that it's not like Supreme. I understand it's not like, 
the craziest, most intricate designs. But if you pay for a break and G shirt, part of it just for off jump goes to someone that helps me print it. That is a local rapper. He's a B-boy. He's on Culture Shock. Shout out to Junior Mint. Junior Mint. Yes. Part of it, part of every garment goes to him. We recently started collaborating with other artists where if they make the design, 50% of the profit goes to them. So that's 50% to them, a part to Junior, then a part to me. And then to be honest, like maybe I've bought myself like Popeyes with some of the break and G money. And I hope that doesn't offend anybody. But at some, I'm sure some artist is working at Popeyes that are get, that's getting paid off that money. Um, but for example, like if you buy if you buy a shirt for twenty dollars, some of that is going to Junior, some of that's going to me, and the part that goes to me will probably go to Nico at the next jam that he judges. You got what I'm saying? That's kind of how it works. It's not really, I'm not in it for the money, baby. I don't know what that was. Yeah, man. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I definitely admire that model. It's it's very, it's going to pump a lot of blood into our community. I hope so. Sure. I hope so. I it hope does. It is. It currently is. So don't even worry about it. Yeah, you're I hope doing someone comes up with the next, not the next, but their own version of Break mm-hmm. NG. So yeah. speaking of that, projection wise, because yes. you're going to be here and I know you didn't, you said you don't have a five-year plan. I don't. And I'm not going to ask you to, um, to state what yours is, but I do want you to, I do want to allow you to dream big. Yes. Right now. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, Let's go for 2025, because that is about a five-year gap, and a lot can happen in five years. A lot can happen in five years, especially with the things that might be happening in our space specifically. Yes. Right, with the Olympics coming up in 2024, and breaking being a part of that, potentially, like 99% sure that's going to happen. But whether or not it does, projection-wise, how do you want to see breaking, um, how do you want to see the evolution of breaking appear in that timeline? whether it be taking inspirations from the things that you've looked up to for the longest time and you want to see in breaking or, um, you know, just as big as you could possibly imagine, how would you like to see that? Let's, let's say you step into a jam and it's whatever jam, it could be thrown by you. It could be, th- um, thrown by something else. How, how would you want to see break and G as a part of that? And what would be like the ideal layout of everything? And you can dream as big as you want within five years. Five years is a long time. Um, let's put it out there. Cause Soon we'll be listening back to this. Right. Well, first of all, I just want to say that pretty soon, I think I'm going to start looking into like expanding the team and, and providing paid positions because it's gotten to the point where it's too much for me. Like I've, I, there are days when I drive all around San Diego hitting like a checklist of things that I have to do. And then I, like I'll stop and I'll be like, what am I doing? Like I'm literally like an Escondido, Oceanside, downtown. For some reason, back up. Oh, my God. All the way back down, home, rest for two hours, eat, back up. And it's like, like, I'm, I'm not old, but I've, I've been in the game too long. And I, at some point, it's like, got to do things more efficiently. And if it means spending money to have an, a project assistant that can help me out and do some of these things for me, because I'm not in, in northern San Diego. If I had someone from northern San Diego that can do all those things, you know, pick up, I don't know supplies uh pick up shirts from the guy that i pick up shirts from like it would help out so much because it would allow me to focus on just the creative part of things because it comes to the point where like i do a lot of stuff and then i get home and i'm like now i have to design a flyer now i have to do this now i have to do that and at some point i just burn out you know yeah and um that's actually like the first thing for 2021 i'm going to start looking to expand the team but also 
it's cool to have new ideas and people that have different perspectives. And I recently spoke to someone, it was younger, younger dude at a jam, and he started talking to me about contracts. But the way he talked about it, he knew what he was talking about. And then I asked him, like, dude, what do you what do you do? Like, what's what's shout out to Sam, by the way, because he really like put me on. And he basically was like, yeah, like I manage funding for this, this, this and that. And he's he's younger. He's one of the Yes Chef guys. Oh, that's Sam. Yeah. And then he was like, dude, if you ever need any help, like, let me know, because I, I love looking into contracts. I love doing this and that. Damn, and I'm like, really? Damn, Shit, I'm sure damn. I'm going to have contracts to deal with in the future. That's Crazy. someone that I can look to. But there's people like that that are willing to help that I'm willing to pay because I see that they're genuine people that they look out for the best interest in break ng i don't want to hire someone that's just looking for a job i want someone that believes in break ng that wants to help out but also wants to get paid sure. board man gets paid um and then another thing if we're talking five-year plan at some point i think i want to do like like a national level circuit league type deal but not where i go not where i just like start touring like cross one more like me collaborating with different event promoters and essentially providing a sponsorship for them to include my format in their events. And I've already kind of started fleshing out this idea. I got approached about this idea. That's why I was like, because someone saw the coast to coast and they were like, dude, I have, I have an idea. I don't know if you'd be open to it, but let's do this at a national level. Like imagine if your point system was at different jams around the country. And then at the end of the year, like there's one big event where like, the top 16 people that have points from all around the country like show up and then we really determine who's about to be like the coast to coast winner. And I was like, that is amazing. I did not think of that. I did not think my reach would reach that far, yada, yada, yada. But then lastly, five-year plan, I want Break G to be like a consistent sponsor for small time events. Like I want Sally Wally to have an event idea and be like, oh man, like I've always wanted to host an event, but I don't have $400 reach out to break ng basically what i did with cross one like pitch it i'll believe in it here's funding go for it do whatever you want to do i literally will not touch your creative idea put my logo a little bit right there on the thing and you're good because that's what it's all about because at some point i feel like i'll maybe run out of good ideas for events but if i hear someone else doing it i would love for them to make it happen because there's so many people that ask me like dude give me the process like how do i how do i start my own event I'm like, I would love to. I, I want you to do an event. I want everybody to do events. I want you to do, make an event. I want you to make an event. Consultation an fee. Event. Yes. It's, it's like $4,000, which is fine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, honestly, like I, I want Breaking G to back other people's projects. I want to hit that point. And at the end of the day, like I said, like I, I, I'm willing to put that money in there. It's like this weird form of uh, reciprocation. You know, Someone believed in my events, so you pass it down at some point in time. And then finally, if we're talking five-year plan, I would love to sponsor B-Boys. Like, imagine Team Red Bull, Team Monster, Team Break NG. And now, yeah, now when you go that. to a jam, you're like, oh, Red Bull's here, the Red Bull BC1 All-Stars. And they're like, oh, my God, the Break NG All-Stars. We'll, <laughs> we'll work on the name. But um, <laughs> they're on the other side of the bracket. It's crazy. Mm. I don't know who we would get. But I just know that if it were to happen, and people have asked me if they, you know, they could be sponsored, it would be a cool, like, it'd be a cool situation. I'm up for it. Yeah. And then finally, this is just off record. I mean, on record, but just not Breaking G related. I hope we get new music in the breaking scene, because breaking to breaks is boring. Oof. 
cool. No, I'm, glad, I'm glad you put it out there and you'll All take right. the heat for it. But I'll take the heat it'll for happen. it. It'll happen. I think it'll happen. You can only dance to the Mexican for so long, dude. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Shout out to Root. He played sicko mode one time. <laughs> And that was it. That's why I was like, I'm booking you for everything. You just have to play <laughs> sicko mode 50 times, and that's fine. Sicko mode. The new Mexican. All right. All right. Well, Luis. as we close on time, Luis, I think Kai will acknowledge you for how amazing you are, how consistent, and how just inspirational you are because you're so committed to your creative process. Yeah. And you said that I was um, a prime example of what Breaking G is, but honestly, yeah, I think that speaks i mean exponentially to you as the founder as somebody who decided that and, and has been so clear not i don't know clear the right word but intentional and unapologetic about their vision you know no matter since since the beginning i think um intention and even now is something that i personally struggle with in terms of building the crossroads and stuff like that but when, when i hear you talk about breaking g it's very inspiring because i i, I see that you have clear confidence in who you're trying to serve and what your purpose is and i think that's very very inspirational and very very important for anybody out there who is trying to build their own entity so thank you for setting that tone and continuing to do that and it's it's a pleasure to be able to work with you now and i'm excited to see what's going to happen because um this isn't goodbye this is just you know an acknowledgement and I'm, i'm happy to be able to have the space to say it yeah, bro. Well, can I can I make some quick plugs because these two gentlemen right here have supported my projects from the jump. Yes, and I will cut into what you're saying really quick because this whole podcast we just talked about break ng. Luis is a model. He's a high level breaker within like California across the country, and like he were, he's in the law industry, right? No, social justice industry, social industry. So, social's a part of it. Social services? Social services. Right, yeah. This dude's complex. He's got multiple jobs and he's a barista. So we yeah. didn't even yeah. dive into that, that stuff. So we definitely need a part two. Okay, you can continue. Sorry about that. Oh, well, yes. So, well, you're talking I about plugs. That. Yeah, I was plugging. This is the plug time. Uh, Kai has been part of my projects from forever, to be honest with you. He is someone that believed with me, believed in me back when things did not seem very clear, when there was still like a struggle for direction. And uh, it's a good segue to the sweater that he's wearing right now. Um, only six people have that sweater. And th- I gave it to those people that were with me from the very, very beginning who put in like, honestly, I think the first projects that I did with Kai, a lot of them were, I didn't, I didn't pay him for it because like he, he just did it out of the goodness of his heart and he believed in, in my brand. So that's why now it's like, now that I do have the money for it, that man's getting paid. Yeah, don't forget about that 10% of your shares. Thing. Yeah, it's actually really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you like part of my life and then like I signed away 15% of Break NG. It's, we have to talk about this stuff there. Um, but also, uh, Nico, he has always been, you know, he's a, he's a big name in the breaking scene. He provides a lot of credibility to events, but he's always down. Like I will get, throw him an idea and he'll maybe like, think it for a few moments and then he says i'm down what do you need from me and that saying i have picked it up and taken it everywhere i've gone from the moment that he first said it That's what, what do you need from me because it's such a powerful phrase it's like i believe in what you're doing i want to assist you but also please let me know like how we can facilitate this process and it's all just one phrase and i, I literally say it now everywhere i go when i'm collaborating when i'm at work like what do you need from me because it's such a powerful phrase 
And uh, like I said, Nico's a big, credible name right now. And I, I really believe in Nico. I feel like this guy, he's going places, not just places. He's not just going places. He's going places. Mm. Um, and honestly, like we need more people to uh, play that part in San Diego. Like big name breakers in San Diego, you think rocks, right? And then you, you could get into a huge debate about who's the next big San Diego head. It's this guy right here. Say Man, we, we're in this together, so say, I'm grateful for you guys. One day, me and Nico will battle together at Red Bull BC1. We'll enter two in a 1v1. It'll be crazy. We'll tag out every and single time. And we're judging Wait, at the what? same <laughs> time. And, yeah, and we're going to be judging. Wait, at, dude, you said five-year plan. Um, but then finally, last plugs. A uh, shout-out to my sister. She was actually mm. the person that modeled the first Break NG sweaters, took pictures of me in the first Break NG like, clothing, and she has done some odd jobs to help me make things work. And... All she receives in payment is like Chick-fil-A. So that's like the cheapest employee of all time. The unconditional yeah. love. Yeah. Shout out to Junior Mint. Um, he has been with me since the very beginning. Kearney days, teen center days. Yes. Um, I looked up to him like as an inspiration. I literally went to Kearney because I had heard of Junior Mint and the B-Boys. Wow. He was throwing air flares. Dude, he was, he yeah. was a... People will not know, like people that have just come up in the recent years will not know that generation of breaking, the IGSMPs, the recognitions. Wow. Like that was a part of San Diego that was a point in time that's like so fresh in my head. But uh, Junior was a really good B-boy. But then after we were at Kearney together and after we you know, battled at BOTS, whatever, um, I approached him about printing sweaters and shirts. And um, we kind of did like a spit-packed, type deal where i was like you know i don't have a lot of money now this is what i can pay you per item yada 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 and he's like dude i'm in it for the long haul like we're doing wow. this awesome and still like i'm literally seeing him tonight like that's how crazy and consistent it is and we be like at first we were just like associates who were associates it's a weird term um who were friends in high school but we we're never really connected but then we've had like moments where we're printing shirts and we're just having like deep talks and that's like that's a close friend of mine as well awesome um the list could go on and on but then finally, you know, shout out to everybody that has supported Break NG. If you bought a shirt, I have love for you. If you came to an event, I have love for you. If you thought about buying a shirt, thought about coming out to an event, I have some love for you. But once you complete the process, full on board. And then finally, if you even follow the Break NG page on Instagram, I have love for you. Even the bots. There are bots. I got love for you. That was it for the plugs. Shout out to the Crossroads, too, by the way. You have, like, I'm the next guest after Hong Ten, Dude. You are. You just went down. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, it's important. Oh it's important to acknowledge that they have had the most high-level names on this podcast. And I don't know how you get it done, but every single time you come out with a guest, I'm like, dang it, that is so crazy. <laughs> I would have never thought of that. It's the same way that you have gotten sponsored by UDEF and yeah, it's because the people, there are people looking out for us. They, and believe, they, see in you, right? they believe in us. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And when I saw so you got out content, to I was like, what the heck? And then you've had Zeku, you've had Ronnie, you had Jay, and Jay is also, honestly, the GOAT. He's a professor by day, breaker by night, and he's super clean oh, with yeah. everything he does. Shout he out definitely to Jay. stands up to the people we've been interviewing. Also, he wears a Break NG sweater like every day. <laughs> he's like the most consistent guy I know. <laughs> he yeah, does all that, that consistent. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm not going to say names, but once someone sent me a picture of themselves like cuddling with their girlfriend and they both had Break NG hoodies. Wow. So. If you want to get into a relationship, buy a Break and G hoodie. Dang, That's I want to see <laughs> Break and G on Twitter. They usually oh, post that kind of stuff. Huh? We're on Twitter now, Break New Ground Podcast. Uh, we're not that popping yet, but you can change that. We can change that.
at you guys. And um, yeah, I mean, Luis, I will allow you, you, since you had the plugs, I'll allow you to, if you have any last words you'd like to leave the audience, people who, like you said, you want to start up new things and we need that next generation of people who will start more events, build more brands and take places and build categories in this scene, in this culture. And not just that, but extending out. Um, if you have any last words for them, then now is the time. The hardest part is always starting. You know, the a lot of people, and I, I'm one of them, a lot of people think about taking that first step for anything so long that they overthink it. Um, so that's why at some point I just took the step. It's not the most coordinated step. It's not the cleanest step. I didn't even think about step two. But taking step one is literally half the battle. Once you do that, you can do anything. Have people believe in you. Um, dedicate your time and energy 100% to what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. Um, and don't get lost in the sauce. Like, It's very easy to see things very differently once you start hitting peaks of success. But uh, always remember why you started. Uh, find your truth. Stay, stay honest with what you're doing. And uh, don't get lost in potential because it's super, super easy to overthink things and like see things mm -hmm. in a different light uh, based off of recent events. But if you stay consistent, if you stay mindful, and if you stay ready for anything, it's a wrap. That's all. The, that's the three weapons you need. Um, but as always, you know, and I say this, it's in my email signature. Uh, keep breaking new ground. Find ways to implement that in your life and um, make sure that you, that you continue to innovate because the second we stop doing so is the second we grow stale like a piece of bread. <laughs> that's right that's beautiful amazing thank you so much for tuning in to the crossroads podcast my name is nico castro i'm kai and i'm uh, luis b-boyle prod thank Prado, you very much for coming creator of break and g thank you for your time man thank you jade thank you boogie our techs and we will see you next time yes we Signing will out. Yeah. what is up you guys it's kai again thank you so much for listening to this episode of the crossroads your listenership makes all this work worth it. Please don't forget to follow us on Instagram at thecrossroadz underscore or visit us at anchor.fm slash crossroads. There, you can leave a voice message or questions for future episodes. And if you really enjoy the content, you can even become an Anchor supporter by donating a small monthly fee, whether that be a dollar or five dollars a month. We will give you a shout out on all future episodes of The Crossroads. And if you're short on cash and can't donate, no worries, we feel you. You can still support the show in the best way possible by sharing The Crossroads with a friend. That way you will not only be supporting us by bringing us new valuable listenership, but by helping your friends gain new knowledge. Hope to hear from you soon, you guys. Take care till next time.